Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, yeah, so I'm rolling solo today. I'm out here on my balcony just chilling. And I know I haven't done a podcast in a while. And I thought, you know what? Let me do like a behind the scenes of everything that was going on during CODA. Give you guys a little insight of what was going on outside of what I didn't cover in my vlogs. Um, if you guys haven't seen my vlogs, uh, go ahead and check them out. There's three of them on YouTube covering the whole weekend. Um, I know a lot of you guys like those track vlogs, so if you're one of those, go ahead and check that out. But uh, yeah, so here in the podcast, you'll get a little uh, behind the scenes of everything that was going on that I didn't really get to touch because I just didn't record. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, so last day uh, that I was in California, it was pretty stressful, man. All week actually getting the car ready. Um, I thought I had everything planned out, and uh, that wasn't the case. A uh, couple uh, curveballs thrown at me, and a um, couple things that I wanted to do last minute for the trip there. Uh, which I think really paid off um, getting there. Um, as some of you guys may know, I don't have a rear bumper. Um, that's actually been fixed, and I'll cover that at the end of this uh, podcast. But I, ha- I haven't had a bumper in over a year, year and two months, actually. And the, the cause behind that is um, I actually got a flat on the way to the track one, one morning, and uh, it was a right rear and the tow truck driver went to pull the car up onto his bed and uh, didn't realize that that right side was lower than the rest of the car and once the wheel hopped he used a uh, he used a wooden plank to get the rear wheels on or the car onto the the flatbed without scraping really bad the front lip and so he didn't realize that that right side was really low and the rear once it had cleared up onto the wood plank that he was using and when it did that the rear bumper hooked up onto the wood plank wooden plank and so he's sitting there raising the car up and i hear crack crack and i'm like oh fuck man um look at the rear and the rear tabs had been snapped off the bumper or off the um the clips basically The, the clips had broken off the bumper and uh, that's basically why I've had no bumper for a year and a half. Now, now you're probably asking yourself, why did it take a year and a half or a year and two months to get a fucking bumper? That makes no sense, Gabe. What the hell? Well, uh, this was during, you know, the worst point of COVID pretty much. And um, there was a shipping shortage. So I called up uh, insurance company scheduled everything with collision caliber who I went through when uh, I actually had a hit and run um, incident and service advisor there told me uh, yeah go ahead and drop off your car and we'll take care of it right now it's looking like a four month wait and I'm like four months what the fuck uh, no I don't want to wait four months especially I don't want to drop my car off for four months that doesn't make any goddamn sense and uh dude's like yeah man i don't know what to tell you i'm sorry at least it's not the front bumper because the front bumper there's no eta right now and i'm like oh fuck dog this is shit um 
and I didn't take my car. I didn't take my car in. I was like, you know what? I, I don't give a shit, man. It's just a rear bumper. I can still track on it. I'm only using the car to track with at this point, and uh, we're going to keep it that way. Fuck it. So that's basically why I haven't had a rear bumper um, in a year and two months. Um, I just basically gave up on the point of uh, taking it in and that's pretty much it I didn't want to take it in I didn't want to wait three months uh, I didn't want to make two months I didn't even want to wait a fucking month so um, yeah there's there's your story of why I still don't have a rear bumper but um, in order to avoid getting no plate tickets which I've gotten three times now um, which all have been cleared up in court which uh, is fucking ridiculous by the way because these cops they just will pull you over for no plates ask me why I don't have a bumper and um, assume that I just want to roll around with no fucking rear bumper just you know oh that's what I like to do is no rear bumper nothing like that and that's funny because a lot of people on Instagram even think that too that uh, I just want to roll around with no rear bumper because I like it I like the way the car looks that is not the case at all guys um, so even with an open insurance claim um, they still gave me a ticket and it goes to court and guess what my attorney my attorney my attorney shout out Randy F your ticket uh, shows them that I have a open insurance claim and bam there we go it's cleared up so uh, pretty much a waste of my money and Randy's time um, I shouldn't even say my money because Randy's hooking me up big time. But shout out Randy, my boy. Go back a long ways with him. Um, so in order to not get any no plate tickets, I ordered a uh, universal uh, tow hook plate carrier. Uh, so installed that on the uh, day, the last day, on my way to Texas. That was no problem. And uh, I ended up borrowing a Laguna crack pipe sorry Laguna test pipe uh, Dundon what do they call it the Dundon quiet muffler quiet lifetime muffler sorry guys I'm like stumbling over my words I'm trying to figure this shit out right now um, it is the Dundon quiet lifetime muffler with the Laguna slash ring exhaust tips um, so basically it points it downwards and uh, with this exhaust, you can run the race headers, and your car still is less than 104 decibels. 104 decibels sounds like a lot, and it still is a pretty good amount. Um, for instance, the uh, .2 RS with uh, the titanium OEM exhaust comes in at 108. Uh, a crack pipe car with race headers comes in at over 140 so way fucking louder than that and uh, the decision behind that was made because I don't want to get an exhaust ticket anywhere in, ex in California anywhere in Arizona or in Texas driving there you know so went ahead and swapped that on and we ran into a couple hiccups uh, I had put on a sole exhaust in the past and the previous tech that put on my uh, sole exhaust took off the exhaust bracket rather than leaving it there. I don't know why he did it, but um, took it off and uh, yeah, had no fucking exhaust bracket. So I uh, had to wait 
uh, till the last day because I had ordered one from Porsche the day before and uh, wasn't going to come in until that morning. So, scrambled to get all that shit on on uh, Wednesday morning. Finally got it all on and ended up leaving my house around 11, 11.40 for uh, El Paso, Texas. And uh, got through Austin, sorry Austin, got through uh, Phoenix around 4 in the afternoon. And uh, got to El Paso around I think 11.45, 12 o'clock. And it was windy, it was fucking cold. And uh, yeah, slept well. Mixie and I the next morning uh, headed out to Austin. That drive was fucking miserable, man. That shit was terrible. Um, it just seemed like it was never ending. Um, and I didn't get there until 6 o'clock, 6.30, Dakota, which um, was supposed to be the shorter day, but it actually felt like the longest day out of any drive, any day that I was driving, um, actually. Um, and that was because, for whatever reason, Waze had me take some back roads for three and a half hours straight. So if you can imagine, you're driving through Texas on these fucking flat, boring-ass roads that just go straight. You can zone out. You can zone out. You can tell when a car is coming up ahead uh, that you got to switch lanes for the pass. Uh, so, yeah, you can zone out and, and then not have to worry about shit for fucking half an hour. Uh, but if you're taking back roads, now I'm having to focus for three and a half hours after I already drove five hours. It was miserable, bro. I cannot stress enough how much I will not do that drive again. Uh, but yeah, finally got there around 6.30. Set up with the boys at RSR and, and Jason. Met up with Jason and all my boys from back home. And uh, yeah, that was it. We swept the crack pipe on real quick. That took about 40 minutes. That was it. Uh, and we were on our way to uh, Airbnb. And then we went out later that night. So, uh, went out later that night. That was a good time with the boys. Uh, and then woke up probably around 9 o'clock the next day. Got to be up uh, over at Coda by 11 for practice. Uh, showed up there on time. Uh, did the driver's meeting, which was super brief, uh, super to the point. It was like an open session, open test session. Went out there, uh, first day, and uh, to my surprise, man, it was exactly like the sim. Uh, all the braking zones, of course, all the inputs, the shifting was all like the sim. Of course, I was running about fucking 15 seconds slower, but, uh, you know, I still got the point right off the bat. And uh, so, yeah, definitely the sim paid dividends, man. I'm not going to lie. That shit really helped out. Um, you know, I did about thir uh, oof, how many hours? 12 hours on the sim rig in total. And we're talking 12 hours straight. I'm not talking like, oh, I showed up, drove for 15 minutes, took a break and all that shit. No, dude. I legit spent 12 fucking hours. My brain after these uh, sim rig sessions, these training sessions, was fried, bro. Fucking fried. And, uh... Yeah, dude, it paid off, though. All that work paid off, for sure. Um, so, first day, though, I was only in the 25s, high 25s. 
pretty fucking shitty. But um, went back home later that day with Jason, and we both looked over data. Looked over our best laps and where we could be faster and uh, push a little harder. And yeah, came out swinging the next day. Jason was in the high 20s uh, on Saturday. Um, I think he was in the 21s. Uh, he had new tires uh, for Saturday and Sunday, so he was he was pretty set, man. He was ready to go. Um, I didn't swap onto scrubs until halfway through the first day. And Jason had told me they had three track days on him. And I was like, oh man, I'm fucked. Like this, today's gonna be shitty. Um, and to my surprise, I went out and laid down some 19s. And I was like, oh fuck, okay, all right, here we go. This is about two seconds faster than I thought I would be doing. So uh, with some stickers, some, some brand new 3Rs, maybe I can go another four seconds faster. Another five seconds faster. Another five seconds would be in the fucking 14s, man. That'd be insane. But um, obviously that's not how it played out. Um, went back on Sunday. At, on Saturday night, we were fried, man. Me and Jason were both tired as fuck. Sitting there looking at data for like a couple hours and falling asleep on, behind the computer. Um, Finally went to bed and, and we skipped the driver's meeting in the morning because we were like, fuck that. We got to pack this Airbnb up because I made the mistake of booking an Airbnb five hours away from Coda on Sunday. So after the track day, I got to drive another five hours to get to my fucking hotel. And I did that because I thought all my boys were uh, going home. Uh, turns out only some of them were going home and some of them were staying in Austin, which was shitty, bro. I wish I could have stayed in Austin with them and really rested but yeah it's all right um so we pack up the airbnb head out to the track the next uh, the next day and uh get the, the cars are already the boys from rsr shout out shout out the boys from rsr because holy fuck man those guys really worked their asses off to make sure that we were squared away um they had been logging tire temps tire pressures uh all weekend up until sunday so when Sunday came around, uh, we knew exactly what we needed to do to make sure tire pressures were equal on both sides and uh, about how long it took for them to get there. Uh, and it was, it was so dope, man. It, these guys really were super on point, super professional. Shout out Andre and Anthony. Those guys really helped me kick some ass. And I know I would not have been as fast if I was doing this shit solo because I know my biggest... Uh, weak point i guess is doing tire pressures tire pressures are so vital and uh like that's literally the last thing on my fucking mind every time i get off track so shout out to those guys really did a fucking awesome job uh first session of the day i was super hyped up man i was all, i was amped off of some fucking c4 energy drink that was my first time drinking that thing god damn god damn man or no it was ghost Ghost uh, Starburst. Ghost Starburst. Strawberry Starburst. That shit was delicious. That shit had me like fucking swamp ass, shaking, fucking cracked out, bro. Getting ready for this first session. Jumping up and down. Like, it was fucking, I was wired. And so went out first session. 
first hot lap lay down at 18 I know I can go faster so followed up with another lap uh, but by the time I reached the playground I had already caught up to uh, M3 uh, and so I decided you know what I got to space out I, I just cannot be riding this guy's ass like this and set an efficient time so I did a nice cool down lap and then BAM blitzed it bro and then ended up landing a 17 flat on that and uh, after that I was super hyped I was like pumped up in the fucking car I, I cut it out of the video but yeah I was super hyped about that lap uh, pulled it in thought you know what I'm gonna call it a session and let these tires cool down and then we'll go back out and hit it a, a second time for the second session Sure enough, pull the car in, get ready for the second session, and uh, second session, I had fuel starvation. Fucking healed it, bro. Fuel starvation on the outlap. Uh, so came in, and, and that was it. Killed that whole session, and made the executive decision that uh, not only did I have fuel starvation, let me rewind a little bit, but there was so much fucking oil and coolant on the track from dudes just turning up the boost, and thinking like, oh, they were going to go about five seconds faster. But instead, they fucking blew their motors. So, so much oil and coolant on the track. You know, they do their, their a really good job with those uh, those trucks that kind of, uh, they drop the kitty litter and then they uh, like hit it with a steam thing. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, but it, it's high tech shit, right? Uh, especially if they're using it for an F1 track. You know it's some high tech shit. So it did a really good job, but uh, the track was still very slick. Uh, everyone was lacking grip. Toby was saying, oh, I think um, my tires are heat cycled out, and he had just put them on. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. Uh, no, nah, that's definitely not the case. So if you're lacking grip, I'm lacking grip, Jason's complaining about grip, uh, then, yeah, it must be something with the track. And uh, I made the decision, you know what, we're going to just fucking sideline it until the, the shootout. I was sitting comfortably in third. Um, fourth place was a GT2 RS that had already called it a, a weekend. He broke the somehow. This is I've never heard of this shit ever on a on a Porsche. Broke the brake pedal in the master cylinder. So that was kind of strange to hear about. But he only got in one lap and he was already in the 18.6s. So um, he was done for the weekend uh, on the first day. Uh, and then Jason was sitting at a, a 20, I think a 20.2, a low 20 up until that point. Actually, I think in that morning, I think he said a 19.5. Uh, but, you know, after him was guy in the uh, mid-20s. So for him to shave uh, three and a half seconds, I felt like, okay, that's... If we're struggling for grip on this track right now, for this man to come out and shave three and a half seconds would be some fucking miracle shit so I'm just gonna sideline it I feel comfortable that I'll make it into the shootout I, I, I'm gonna bet on myself and uh, we'll wait and sure enough end of the day I did make it into the shootout still in third standings didn't change um, meanwhile throughout the day Jason was still trying to find some time because we were looking over his data and there was areas where he was going like 10 miles an hour slower than I was and Jason's got the big boy. Jason's got the 4.0.2 RS with the whole Dutton Aero catalog, you know. So this man should be going just as fast as I am, if not faster. 
So I was definitely trying to help him find some time. And he did find some time, but um, not enough to, uh, to top the, the GT2 RS. Um, Toby was having his own issues. Toby uh, was having issues with the trans. Um, apparently, he, he wanted to do a... a so apparently, those ZFs have some type of trans mod that they can do to them, um, aside from a bigger clutch, or a, a, a stronger clutch, I'm sorry. And uh, they didn't get it in time for the for Coda, so he's sitting there trying to put down 800 horsepower, and the the trans isn't having it. This shit's slipping, and he decided, okay, let me let me take it down a notch, 700 horsepower, I think, and he's still having trans issues. So they swapped it back to stock. Um, it was crazy. These guys swapped on a stock turbo in between run sessions. So, uh, yeah, in like, you know, an hour and a half, Toby went from 700 horsepower to OEM power. Um, little did they know they had some issues with some boost leaks, so they were making even less power than that, than OEM. So, uh, yeah, it was tough for him. You know, I, I know if he had his full power, he would have been up there. He, I know he could have been up there with Jackie Ding and Amir, because I, I know Toby can fucking drive, bro. Toby is a, a maniac behind the wheel, an absolute animal. And, uh, you know, it kind of sucked to see him struggling to get third, um, which third would have been a, a walk in the park for him with uh, that extra power that he had. Uh, but, yeah, man, sometimes that's how shit goes, you know? Like, the trans issue and the, the brake pedal issue with the GT2, like, shit's just unpredictable, and uh, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, it just sucks that it happens on, you know, competition days and especially days where you're paying two grand to compete, you know, we paid 2100 bucks for the whole weekend, um, which don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about the money, but um, I'm complaining, I, I, you know, I'm not complaining, I'm just saying like, it just got to suck to have your day end like that uh, or your day not go as planned because you're having issues uh, when you're paying that much money, so... Uh, you know, he finished fourth. He was pretty bummed, I could tell. Uh, we all know. We all know that Toby has the pace to compete for a win. And uh, I have no doubt next week when it comes to... Uh, they're, they're heading to Big Willow and Streets of Willow for On Grid. My boy's about to add some fucking trophies to, uh, to the trophy room. I know that. Um, that's the home track. Uh hosted by grid life so it's a pretty big event and uh, i know toby's extremely fast at at streets and toby's got big ass nuts so we know he's gonna be fast as fuck at big willow so um yeah watch out for him man watch out for him this week uh so we fast forward to the shootout you guys seen it in the vlog if you haven't go check it out i ended up finishing third wasn't able to improve ran a 217.8 um, which was still pretty good. It was the second fastest time in the shootout, but I was still a second slower than, than first place in the shootout. Uh, I had lost to a 7, uh, 720, uh, McLaren 720, which we know those things are fucking rockets, making double the horsepower to the wheels than my GT3 is. My GT3 is making uh apparently 500 to the crank after the tune so you know probably about 450 to the wheels 
with my M Engineering 2. And uh, that car is making close to 800 OEM to the wheels. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the exact numbers on those cars, but I know McLaren underrates them, and I know they really tried to hide the fact that that car was faster than the P1. Uh, then I finished behind the 620R McLaren. So if you guys are not familiar with the 620R like I was, the 620R is a GT4 car that's just got a VIN put on it and made street legal with some some lights, some signal lights, and that's pretty much it. Uh, slap a VIN on it, bam, there it is, a street legal, which is pretty fucking wild that I was within half a second of that fucker, man. So close, so fucking close. I was so hyped. I was ready to, you know, put that on the, uh, on the, uh, on the shelf as well, but it wasn't in the cards, man. Wasn't uh, able to pull it off. Yeah, it's all right. We'll, we'll see about next year, but uh, yeah. So we go to the podium ceremony and in the driver's meeting at the beginning of the weekend, they had talked about this room where there was like 45 cameras and they were going to be watching us for track limits. And I'm like, 45 cameras? What the fuck? Where, where do you get... Oh, where are you going to watch all these fucking people on track? Like, where? Where are you going to find the personnel here? Because it looks like it's pretty damn empty. And where is this room with 45 TVs for you to watch? I'm not. I'm calling cap on that. But uh, we go to the podium ceremony, and they walk us through this room. And I swear to God, this shit looked like a, a college classroom auditorium style shit, where you know it's got stadium seating, and you got the lecture podium way in the front, and uh, a projector. But they weren't using projectors. They were using fucking 45 you know 45 inch TVs uh, all up on the wall hung up and um, we were walking through and there was still a group of guys talking you know like they had just wrapped up the day they were just hanging out for a little bit uh, and it was about six of them six to eight guys in there just chilling so I'm pretty sure there was more than just them um, watching the cameras but it's legit man it was fucking legit and uh, yeah I was caught off guard by that and then we walk up the stairs and we open the door for the staircase and the carpet goes from like a regular building like a gray carpet to a red soft carpet like you're going uh, to somewhere special like they they really made it feel special that staircase and uh, walk up the stairs everyone's hanging out talking and these guys are all familiar with each other. They're, this isn't their first event at Coda or, uh, sorry, uh, Super Lap Battle. But for me, this is my first event here. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, I have two things on my mind right now. I look like a fucking loner and an outcast. And secondly, how do I pop a bottle of champagne? I have no fucking clue. I've never done this ever. And uh, luckily... Um, I heard Jackie Ding talking about popping bottles. And so he was talking about, oh, you don't really shake it too much. You know, I, I just do like one pump. And I'm like, okay, hopefully he's not capping. Hopefully it's really like that because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He's talking about getting the bottle ready uh, once you receive it. 
so like him him talking really actually helped me out um, but you know I still look like a loner because I was the only one standing there by myself and uh, so they start calling out names I didn't fucking hear them and they're like running the bag Gabe some more Gabe some more let's go let's go I was like oh shit okay cool so uh, I run out there get the bottle and uh, when it comes time to pop the bottles honestly that was the most stressful point in the uh, whole weekend for me was not looking like a fucking retard and not being able to pop a champagne bottle that was the most stressful point of the weekend and but sure enough that shit is super easy bro I literally just fucking thrusted it down one time in a fucking cork I could feel it wanting to bust out of my thumb and uh, yeah that was it dude shit popped out pretty easy and uh, all my stress was gone it was fucking dope it was a great weekend man um, definitely can't wait to do it again at Coda you know if I don't get a podium or if I do get a podium again it's uh, it'll be alright it's just the fact that you can go out and compete against cars similar to yours or you know way faster and uh, show what you got show what you got because that you know, field of 32 competitors or whatever it was, I think it was like 29 or 32, I can't remember the exact number, but it was, it was a lot. Um, and that's just in my class. That's awesome, man. That's uh, really dope to see. And it's really fun to, to go out and compete against all those guys. You know, you're not racing wheel to wheel, but to uh, go out and prove what you can do behind the wheel of your cars there's no greater feeling of, of being able to do that and uh, getting a podium for sure. So uh, we'll see in a couple years when I upgrade cars, you know, if I can go ahead and compete for a dub, uh, something with a little more power, something preferably turbocharged. Um, because those guys can just make so much power with the fucking tune, man. It's just crazy. But uh, ah, we'll see. We'll get them next year for sure. Um, right now, I don't really have any plans on, on competing again for the year. Uh, maybe at Buttonboro Finals, but we'll see, man. I got a lot of things planned back here in Brazil with Ale and uh, things that are going to take some, some money to handle. So, uh, you know, we'll see how, how the financials are looking. To, to do all that. Luckily, it's a lot cheaper to, to compete at Button Willow. It's close to home. You know, I don't need to pay for Airbnbs and shit or hotels. So it's not too bad of a deal. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, driving home, you know, the story's not fucking over there, right? So we swapped back on the, the quiet exhaust taped on my fucking license plate onto the back bumper and drove all the way home and that drive home was fucking miserable man i do not know why i booked the hotel five hours away but that drive was fucking miserable i'm sitting there falling asleep and shit i hit a fucking skunk or a raccoon i can't tell what it was and uh cracked my fucking front bumper i didn't notice until the next morning because i was so tired I totally forgot that I hit that raccoon or, or skunk and just walked all my shit up to my fucking hotel and passed out. I walk out in the morning, 
And I'm looking at my bumper like, what the fuck happened? And then I remember, oh shit, I hit a skunk. And uh, one of the canards was dangling off. Luckily, didn't fly off. Um, yeah, so save that. I just took it off, put it in the car for the rest of the drive home. And the front lip was cracked. The front bumper was cracked. And uh, filed my insurance claim and got that taken care of. And, and then actually decided you know what since I'm going back to Brazil let me take the rear bumper too so uh, everything's being taken care of uh, fresh new bumpers front and rear uh, luckily he didn't damage anything else like the cooling system um, so yeah all is good cars getting fixed I'll pick it up next month when I go back home and uh, yeah that is it so there was nothing else eventful on the way home. I didn't get home till one o'clock the next morning. Um, you know, after I woke up that morning at like 10, I got on the road by 10.30 and uh, thinking I would get home around 10. You know, that was kind of exciting. You know, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I won't get home too late. Actually, I thought I was gonna get home at 9.30, 9 o'clock. Cause my trip was only supposed to be an 11 hours. When you factor in the fact that you're not going the speed limit. I was going about 85, 80. You make up some time and, and those those Phillips aren't uh, too much of a time penalty. So I'm thinking I'll get home around nine, no big deal. Fuck no, I didn't get home till 1.30 in the morning. I was fucking falling asleep and shit. I had to stop at one point and eat McDonald's to keep my ass awake. And I was sitting there eating chicken nuggets, basically falling asleep while eating them. That was miserable, bro. That that was terrible. I made about fucking five stops from the time that I passed Phoenix until the time that I got home, which is only about a four-hour drive from my house in Riverside. So if you can imagine stopping that many times, I must have been struggling to stay awake, but that's just how the shit goes, man. Gotta stay safe. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was it, man. I dropped off my trophy, my plaque at uh, RSR. Um, they're going to put that up in the new shop in their, their, their waiting room, which is going to be pretty dope. And I know we're going to fill that shit up pretty quickly, uh, you know, with everything that we got going on planned this year, or they have planned this year. Um, that trophy room should be filled up pretty quickly with some nice trophies from some big events. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, if you guys like the podcast... Uh, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on all the iTunes, Spotify, everything where you can find a podcast, check it out there. Uh, sure, obviously, if you found it now, you, you're straight, but yeah, man, that is it. I'm rambling about nothing right now, and I don't want to anymore. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Talk to you all soon. Later.